Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. She's here yet again to help you with any of the challenges you might be facing with your babies, toddlers, children, a mixture, a combination of all three of those things which you may be dealing with. (laughs) Whatever your question is, Chris can help you navigate those um, little challenges because she has over 30 years experience helping families with all kinds of issues. Um, you can ask the questions in a variety of ways. If you're watching us live on Facebook, you can write your questions below in the comments section. Um, and then if you're listening via the podcast, you can email your question to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and we'll get to your question next week. Now we do get a lot of questions, so we, we do, do our best to get through as many as we can. Apologies if we didn't if we don't get to it today, uh, but we may also answer your questions in the following weeks, or yeah. you may find answers to your questions in past episodes. So don't mm. forget to look at that. The other thing I will mention is that we have a sleep school at Babyology, yep. so we'll put links to that on our website, and you can book an appointment with our experts. One of whom is Chris Minogue. There are a couple of slots that are available now. So if you do want to further ask more questions, that's another option. Let's start with an email. Uh, Sorry, it was from our Helpline Facebook group, actually. You can also join that. Um, From Kate, she says, help. (laughs) Hello, lovely ladies. What a nice way to start. Thank you for your great program. It's been a font of knowledge and comfort. I have a four-year-old who is a champion procrastinator at bedtime. We have a well-established bedtime routine at about 6.30 with a 15-minute margin. We have a story or two and a cuddle, then into bed and a few pats just for form, then good night and a kiss and I leave. During story time, the procrastination starts with I miss, insert relative here. Sleep makes me disappointed. God, I love (laughs) what they say. I love it when they use big adult, you know, connotations. And it's disappointing. I'm never disappointed by sleep. (laughs) Anyway, I'm hungry, which I don't think she is, but I find this one hard not to pander to a little. The other issue is that she is then getting in and out of bed like a yo-yo. She wakes up at 6.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. She's recently given up milk at bedtime and we're working towards being dry at night but the procrastination starts well before this I'm finding it really frustrating and I'm not sure how to turn this around and what my expectations should be any advice or tips are really appreciated okay so what she's doing is normal for her age but I can tell why she's doing it you're putting her to bed too early So she's going to bed at 6.30 and I think that's probably more. You've got a great little routine going and it'll be fine and they will say, I need to go to the toilet or I need another cuddle. But actually in this case, think that for a four-year-old, she's going to bed a bit too early. So I would probably be putting a four-year-old to bed more around the 7.30 mark in in or around, as you say, 15-minute swing window. Um, So you might start the process more at quarter past seven and then she'll she'll decrease the um, consistency of the I need more or the getting in and out of bed. She's just going to bed too early. So keep her routine and just let's start moving it out. So for the next couple of nights, move it out to seven o'clock. And then a few nights later, it could be quarter past seven. But actually for her age, it's probably closer to 7.30. Okay. Yeah. We have a Facebook Live question from Sarah. Yeah. We have a 19-month-old who's been a nightmare through the night for what feels like years. My (laughs) husband and I now take it in turns to sleep in a bed in her room because otherwise she yells out and screams till we go in. I was having to sleep in the bed touching her, but now she's happy in the cot whilst we're in the the bed. 
what more can we do so we can sleep in our own bed? Oh, you're halfway there if you've managed to get in the bed. And I think you'd be surprised, Sarah, how many people actually deal with this a lot. Um, I'm always surprised when someone says, and we end up in bed. And I think it's, you know, we have busy worlds and we end up doing what's needed. She's obviously getting support, comfort and security from you being in the room. But yes, you need to sort of start getting into your bed. And I think the way to start it is um, now to be sitting on the end of the bed so you're not laying down. So that expectation when she wakes up isn't that you'll be there. So let's start sitting on the end of the bed until she's calm and quiet. Um, And then initially you probably have to stay there till she's asleep, then calm and quiet. And then I think the next step would be to be at the door. So you just shush and calm her from the door. And then... I think, you know, your next step would be mummy will be back to give you a kiss in a few minutes. And I think each of those steps is going to take you somewhere between a couple of days and five or six days. So I think if you just plan out how you're just slowly going to withdraw being in the room before you know it, you'll be back into your bed, well, at least starting in your bed. And then when she wakes up at night, I do the same thing. So at whatever point you're up to, that's where you go back to. So if you're at the point of sitting on her bed, you go back to sitting on her bed. And then with each time you're withdrawing just a little bit more, you'll go to that level to help her settle. So I hope that makes sense. Sorry. And to... Just to clarify, do you, um, each time you withdraw, is it the next night or do you give her a few nights? I give them a few, like five or six nights. Okay. So it takes them about 15 experiences to learn something, but we haven't got 15 nights for each of these steps. So I'd probably give her a good four or five nights between each of these steps. And if, if you give this time and patience with the consistency, she'll then understand that each of those steps are secure for her and that you do come back if she needs you. And then we'll start to see her sleeping through the night more okay. consistently. Excellent. This is an email from Leah. My two-year-old daughter has been fighting her afternoon naps for the past month. It only happens when she's being looked after me on weekends and Mondays, my mum on Tuesdays and my husband on Wednesdays. Thursday and Friday, she goes to daycare and falls asleep easily and has a one and a half hour nap, which she used to do every other day. We've been transitioning her to the big bed for the past two months. At night, we read to her and give her a cuddle and she usually falls asleep. We try to do the same thing, which we've always done in the day naps, but she jumps around the bed or kicks us, so we put her back in the cot for her naps if she does try to fight it. Sometimes she'll fall asleep in her cot on her own after being there for about an hour. Other times, she won't nap and either play quietly or throw her sheets and toys around out of the cot. She's rarely upset about being in her cot, but she just won't sleep. Is there something else we should be doing? Do we need to tire her out in the morning? She still needs these naps as she's exhausted by the evening and sometimes will sleep over 12 hours a night because she's so tired. She only turned two just after Christmas and this has been an issue since about that time. It's from Leah. Um, she is young to give up her day sleep and I think you'll find if you ask the daycare much more directed questions like how does she go to sleep, you might find that they sit beside her and tap her So for her to give it up for five and only sleep at daycare, I suspect they're helping her go to sleep. And some children... Um, you know, they do give up their day sleep really early in in more than two to two and a half, whereas we would hope that they got to two and a half, if not three, or even a bit later than that. 
So she's obviously, she is showing all the signs that she's ready to give up her day sleep. Um, it's good that she's catching it up at night, like she's sleeping for 12 or 12 and a half hours. And you can put her down as early as 6.30 at night without it affecting that night's sleep. And I think from what you've nicely put here is she is actually giving up her day sleep and she will randomly have a sleep when she's ready for it. But I like what you're doing. I like that you still put her down for a rest time and if she gets herself too worked up, you put her back in a cot where she feels more secure and that if she needed to sleep, she'll drop off to sleep. I'd put her down consistently at the same time, about 12.30, 1 o'clock and hope that you might even just get an hour from her at that stage. But do ask the daycare what they're doing because they might be actually sitting there and patting her to sleep and that would be opposite to what you're doing and we don't really want to start a process where you have to pat her to sleep to get her to sleep. So keep going um, and keep giving her the rest because I'm sure when her little body needs it she'll take it Um, but also ask more of what's going on at daycare. So it doesn't matter. I remember when mine were two and it, well, particularly my daughter and she fought those sleeps and I always used to think she needs to sleep every day. Yeah, do, yeah. do they need to sleep every day or does it no, matter? No, not if... if they're showing the signs that they don't. Okay. Uh, I think we need them to sleep every day. <laughs> I think that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but um, if she's going down and sleeping for 12 or more hours, she's definitely getting she's enough getting sleep. She if she was waking up early, like at four o'clock in the morning and still playing, I think that would be different. There's probably something going on. But it sounds like she can regulate herself. She'll go in there um, and if that's not working, she's happy to be in the cot so I think she's happy to take that quiet time but she just doesn't want to have the sleep Mm. sorry sorry Leah (laughs) hope that helps we have an email from Rachel thank you so much for all your help each week it's got us through many parenting challenges oh that's so nice I would like some advice about my nine-month-old daughter who is biting while breastfeeding oh she has two bottom teeth that popped up about two months ago then last week she's been biting me every feed and it's very painful I've tried saying no firmly, but it scares her and then she won't go back on to feed. That is so typical. Um, She will still bite at the next feed. I am taking extra care to ensure a good latch, but after a few mouthfuls, she changes position and starts biting down. She's otherwise a fantastic, happy baby, sleeping and eating as per your nine-month schedules in the book, which is called Bringing Baby Home. Chris Minogue will put it in the links of it. In the notes of this episode, currently breastfed at 6.30 a.m., 1.30 p.m. An evening feed is at 6.45 p.m. It's a 100 ml formula plus a breastfeed. Sleeps 9 a.m. till 10.30 a.m., 2 to 4, 7 p.m. till 6.30 a.m. I don't feel ready to wean yet. Is this just a phase and I have to stick it out or can I do something to reduce the biting? It's a phase. I suspect she's gone back to biting now so they bite often when they get their teeth coming through because they have to learn to how to position the breast so that it's not a bite anymore they're not using their gums and that takes them a little while and each time their teeth come down you get a little bit of this biting but I think you're doing the right thing I probably to a nine month old wouldn't say no because they're they're not quite sure what that no means I'd probably just take her off and sit her up for a few minutes and then put her back on It's usually a phase and it usually goes away. There's no real way of stopping them from biting. But I tend to find I hear about it as teeth are coming through. So I think they're biting because they're gnawing on their gums, if that makes sense. So fingers crossed, if you just hold out for a little bit, 
um, this will settle down. And once those two top teeth come through, it shouldn't happen with the subsequent teeth because she will have known what to do with the mouth once the two top and the two bottom ones are down. I remember when um, Darcy used to bite me, I I would yelp because it yeah. hurt so much and then she'd oh, start crying. A lot crying. of them do. And the other thing is oh. they um, damage the nipple, mm-hmm. you know, so they, oh, it can be terrible. But just if you just swing through it a little bit, make sure you protect your nipples a little bit. I'm sure that once those teeth come down, she'll stop doing the biting. Yeah, good luck. Been there, done that. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm not doing it now. Um, <laughs> we have an email from Michelle. Uh, Is there any way to teach my four-month-old son to sleep in the car? My eldest has always found it soothing and will fall asleep if he's tired enough, but my baby never seems seem to like the car even from birth. I always try and time our car trips during his awake time, as he's only fallen asleep once without crying in his short life, and one other time on a road trip after about 45 minutes of crying followed by 30 minutes of sleep and then more crying. I don't plan on taking him, making him do his long naps in the car, but it is useful to have this mm. ability as we can't always make it home on time and I have daycare runs to do. Help would be much appreciated, especially as we have a few weddings coming up where we have to take him as he won't take the bottle yet and sleeping on the go will have to do. That's from Michelle. Well, this is a different question because most yes. people are asking us how to get him out of the car. This is a really hard one because it sounds like um, this little one is a very good sleeper for you for his big sleeps and you're just trying to get a bit of flexibility with those naps so you can get to places and back from places. Um, Some children just don't sleep in a car um, and that's because it's too overstimulating. They're used to that sort of much calmer environment to go to sleep. You could try putting the window sock on the window so that it's quite a dim space for them. The other thing is sometimes I move them out of a capsule, if they're in a capsule, into a car seat. They have more room around them. They have more stretch and that can help them. But in this case, I suspect because they've never done it, uh, this little one has never really done it, I suspect it's too stimulating. So you can put him into the car seat or what my best suggestion would be is to put him in the car seat before he gets too tired for the sleep because otherwise all you're going to get is crying because he doesn't know how to go to sleep so I'd prefer that you put him in the car when he's calm and relaxed and then as he tires he might get the momentum of the car moving and that might encourage him to sleep a little bit for you. The other problem you have when you're in a city is the stop start all the time. So the other way to teach him is you got to do, if you're in Sydney or in any other state, there'll be an M like M2, M5, M4, M6, the main motorways. Um, And again, put him in the car before he's tired, then go on a continuous drive where you're not stopping and starting and see if you can get the momentum of him sleeping but I suspect because he's never done it it's the stimulation. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Now back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. We have a question from Trina on Facebook Live now. What is the best age to transfer transfer my 22 month old son into a big bed? If you can hang on, I usually don't transfer them until they're about two and a half. So they have to have enough language and enough of that cognitive development to understand, you know, kiss, cuddle, we're staying on our bed, um, let's stay there and not move in and out and not understand getting off and getting on. So if you can hold out to two and a half, it will go much, much better. I find if you do it too early, 
and you put them in a bed. You have to go back to putting them in a cot and then put them in a bed. Or you get six months of argy-bargy and then suddenly at two and a half they get it. So there's something about that two and a half year old where cognitively they can understand those, it's time to lay in your bed, we don't get off your bed, call mummy if you need anything. Those sort of very basic rules. Um, Whereas if they're quite young, so he's not two yet, I think he would just get off the bed constantly because there is no side. Those sides of a cot provide a security around them that they feel nice and secure. So about two and a half. Okay. This is an email from Tegan. Mm -hmm. My 21-month-old absolutely hates doctors and nurses. He has some allergy issues, which has meant he... We have had a few trips to hospital and quite a few to the doctor, which he obviously remembers negatively. Even an appointment that is not for him or or visiting a family member in hospital leads to a meltdown from when we walk in the door till when we leave. I have tried videos, snacks and toys to distract him. With no success, all I can do is cuddle and console him. Do you have any advice about something I can do to calm him during appointments with doctors and nurses as they are unavoidable and I hate seeing his anxiety when we enter a medical type room? We have a second baby due in three months and it would be nice for him to visit his new sibling in the hospital without the stress it causes him at the moment. Right. So he must have had a lot of, you know, hospital experiences and doctor's experiences. And this one is a really big one. So with your doctor experiences, what I'd probably suggest is ringing the surgery and saying, look, he has a real fear about coming into the doctor's. And you need to speak to the GP without him, obviously, make an appointment without him and speak about a different approach to him coming into the surgery. So it could be something like the doctor comes outside and engages him and then they walk in together. You know, so I think that's quite a complex thing that you probably need to go and sit with your doctor with. And his fear is that something's going to happen. Someone's going to hold him, something that is going to hurt him in some way, even if they're not going to engage at all. So I think this is a long-term thing, and I think you need a really good GP to help you do this. Um, and again, the same when he does his special specialist appointments for his skin or his allergies, is speaking to them before you come and saying he has this real fear, I can't get him in, and asking them to come and meet you outside and then both go in. I think that that would be the easiest transition that I could think of that I would do with that age group. So making it really calm, lots of play. Um, and then, you know, often the doctors will do things like they might have a doll and they do it on the doll first and then they do it to the child. So there's all these other ways that they can get around that fear. And I think that's a conversation you need to engage with the main GP and his main specialist. The hospital visit, though, is probably something different because in maternity, depending on where you deliver, it doesn't often look like a hospital. So they're usually softer rooms, the mums are dressed, everyone's dressed. And so he won't see a lot of doctors and nurses as such. And so I think he'll be okay with those hospital visits. Get dad to bring him in early in the morning where he's much um, he's much calmer and he's not so overtired by the afternoon or the evening. So come on in in the morning. Have something to entice him. So dad might have him with a car, running the car down the hallway to get down into your room. This takes a little bit of thinking to do to get him past 
that moment. And then, of course, when he's in the room with you, you won't be in a hospital gown. You'll be in clothing. So it will feel better for him. And then take him for little walks and even start taking him for a walk to the hospital and back again before this baby comes. Um, So, you know, stop the car about half a block away and then just walk down and say that's where mummy's going to go and then walk back again without having to go into the hospital. Make it more familiar for him. Okay, good luck with that. It's a tough one, isn't it? This email comes from Alex. I'm lucky to have my mum live in the same suburb as me. I also have great memories of monthly sleepovers at my grandmother's as a child. My daughter takes a bottle and has already spent spent lots of alone time with my mum. I'm wondering when would be a good time to introduce this to my breastfed seven-month-old and how would I do this to make it as stress-free as possible? As in doing a sleepover? Yeah. Um, and she'll take a bottle. Mm-hmm. I actually think you need to start it now because at the moment, she, as long as your mum keeps the rhythm of what you've been doing, so the similar time frame of going down and putting her down and having a cot there and if she's in her own room, putting her in her own room, as long as those cues were in line for her, I think you could start doing it when you feel comfortable to let her do that. There's a moment around that nine, ten-month mark um, where they're very aware of different people in their life and so they can get a little bit I just want mum so I would probably start it either earlier than that or I'd wait till she's over one and past that period of development Um, but you've got to give her the same cues so as long as your mum's set up the same way she seems to spend lots of time with her grandma so I'm sure it'll go beautifully at that point so when you're ready to be able to let her go for a night Um, you could either do it now or you could wait till after this period of attachment that happens um, around the nine ten month mark and you could do it from 12 months on but I think it's a beautiful way of having a relationship with your grandma it's lovely this is an email from Chloe I have a nearly 12 month old who is the definition of a mama's boy for about two Mm. months now he is extremely clingy to me He will follow me around and cry big tears if I leave the room. If I'm completely out of the picture, he's fine, happy, independent and social. But if I'm around, he just wants to be held. Is there anything I can do to help him through this? I'm happy to give cuddles love and give him that reassurance, but wondering if Chris has any ideas. It's starting to take a toll on me. Thank you. Huge fan of your podcast. (laughs) So this is the answer to the previous question. So there's a a point of development between nine and ten months where children become very um, attached to their main caregiver and in this case it's mum and if you move out of their sight they sort of break down the whole world implodes on them so we've got to go a little bit slower with them tell them so mummy's just going to the laundry I'll be back in a minute. They can either come with you because this is a 12-month-old and sit on the floor um, or you can just go do it and come back, which tells them that you do come back. So this period can last for three days, three weeks or three months. Sorry about that last piece of information. could go for three months. But all children will go through it. So I think just keep reassuring. Um, slow transition. So, you know, if you're going to drop off at daycare, if he's at daycare, then stay for a little while before you leave. The really good bit is he's, he's okay when you leave. So it's just that sort of separation that is um, finding, he's finding the difficulty with at the moment. But he will grow through it. So a little bit of time and a little bit of patience. And before you know it, he'll happily be playing. You can go 
to the bathroom on your own and come back and he'll still be playing there. Nah, they do that up to about six, right? Yeah, sort of. Follow you to the bathroom. <laughs> Mine do. That's because they keep talking to you. That's they true. don't break the conversation. You can't, you can't yeah. lose them. No. Can't lose them. We have an email from Mandy. Yeah. I have a 10-month-old tw- who almost uh, who's almost weaned off breast milk during the day. He eats solids well and sleeps well too. But he wakes up every three hours at night and breastfeeds to settle back to bed without any fuss. How do I make him sleep through the night? You give him the three breastfeeds in the day. There you go. Yes, <laughs> So a 10-month-old, I think what you've done is you've weaned him off his breast milk in the day and a 10-month-old needs three good meals in the day, which he's obviously doing really well. He's probably even doing a snack. And they have three milk feeds. And because he's weaned off those milk feeds in the day, he's just picked them up at night. So in this case, we need to start giving him that milk back in the day. So morning, about lunchtime and before he goes to bed at night start to decrease what you're doing at night so maybe the first time he wakes up for a feed so you get the three breastfeeds back in the day and then when he wakes up for that first breastfeed you resettle him cuddles put down padding maybe dad could go in or your partner could go in and settle him Um, the second time he wakes up give him a good breastfeed and then the third time if he wakes up try some gentle resettling so as he gets those three breastfeeds going through the day we should see him sleep longer at night so it's just that he's reverted it so he's weaned himself off them in the day and he's picked them up at night so turn it around and see if we can get some better sleep from him Good luck, Mandy. This is an email from Michelle. She says, hello from California. Oh, hi. (laughs) Love, love, love the Helpline episodes on the podcast. I have a little one that will be 12 months next week. For the past three months, he's been fussing in the mornings. So much so that he has uh, he was asked to leave his daycare, his oh. last daycare, and we had to find a new daycare for him. He cries. He doesn't want to be put down, uh, but also doesn't want to be held, doesn't want to play, won't sit still in a stroller for a walk. It's hard to find something to distract him with. He might take a bottle, but will push it away soon after. Doesn't want to eat, won't sleep. He's just overall irritable and doesn't seem to know what he wants. This goes on for about four hours, between 9am and 1pm roughly. I've been over all possibilities with his paediatrician and can't find anything medically wrong with him. He's better in the afternoon after his second nap, which leads me to think this is all sleep related. Mm. Though, I don't, though I don't know what changed at nine months to cause his fussiness. He sleeps through the night, 8pm till 6.30am, mm. and might need to be settled once or twice. He rarely naps longer than 45 minutes, and if he does, it's because he's in the car. No, that's not good. He hasn't been a good napper since all this started. He's in daycare five days a week and we have tried many things to get him to sleep longer, but no luck. We've also tried adding a third nap since his naps are so short, but that doesn't seem to help. He's happy in the afternoons and evenings, a great eater and healthy. Any idea of what is going on with my little one? And that's from Michelle. Okay, so this is a really tough one. I think you're right. I think it's related to his lack of sleep in the day. And as he gets more tired as the morning goes on, he gets more stressed about what's going on. So there's two effects here. And I think this is going to be really hard because he's going to daycare five days a week. So it would prob- what I would suggest is to grade him into daycare, which means you need to take a week off work to do that, which is a bit tough. But I think in the long term, it's how you're going to get him into daycare in the long term. So I would take a break 
So take him out of daycare, settle him back down into normal sleep patterns. So as a uh, 12-month-old, he could have 45 minutes in the morning and about an hour and a half to two and a half hours in the afternoon, but we know they're two 45 minutes, so we know he's tired. So we have to be kind and go gently with him. So what I would do if I could have a week off is the first two days of his daycare, I would drop him off after his first sleep and pick him up before his second sleep. And I would stay for 20 minutes and play. And then when I pick him up, I'd stay for a short period and play. So I would take him back to feeling secure about you leaving. And I would get him in the period where he wasn't tired. So I'd do that for a couple of days. Then the next couple of days, I would drop him off in the morning when you need to drop him off. So let's say eight o'clock, you drop him off. And I would try and drop him off to the same carer if you can, so that he builds an attachment to that carer. So you need to talk to the daycare about this and see if they could provide that security and consistency for him. So I'd drop him off at eight o'clock, but I'd pick him up before his second sleep of the day. So he's not getting so stressed and then do that for a couple of days. And then the next couple of days, I do a short day. So I might drop him off at eight o'clock. So you've got the consistency going with that dropping off to the same carer. And, but I'd pick him up early, like um, 3, 3.30. So he's not, not there worrying the whole day about, you know, where am I going to get food? Who am I going to play with? Where's that toy coming from? And it's a nice, slow reintrodu- reintroduction into daycare. So I think for this little one, it does have something to do with his sleep, but obviously he's not feeling secure with the people around him and you need to go back and build that security with him to allow him to adjust back into daycare. So this one is a little bit tricky because I think in the end you'll need to take a week, if not two weeks off, to grade him back into daycare. Good luck with that, Michelle. We've got time for one last question. I'll be super quick. Um, Everything is going really well with our seven-month-old baby boy in terms of sleeping and feeding. I'm thinking about going back to work in about three months' time when he will be 10 months old, probably only a couple of days a week. And I'd love some advice on how to prepare him for the transition into daycare or babysitting by family members. He's exclusively breastfed, and I'm currently feeding him five to six times a day, mm-hmm. along with two solids, lunch and dinner, with no feeds overnight. I know the number of breastfeeds will d- decrease over time, but I'm a bit worried about transitioning him to a bottle as he's never taken one before. Because going back to work is flexible and our current routine is working, at, working so well for us, I'm wondering when you think it would be best to start introducing a bottle and with which feed during the day. Also, when do the number of milk feeds start to reduce during the day? Would love to know what a typical schedule looks like for a 10 or 11 month old. And that's from Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. So he's taking lots of breastfeeds now as a seven month old. So a seven month old usually has four breastfeeds in the day and three meals. So you might have to wiggle from your five to six down to only four in his day to then be able to get him or prepare him for where what lies ahead at 10 months. So once he gets to 10 months, he only has three breastfeeds in the day, which makes going back to work so much easier to do. So he could have a breastfeed in the morning, 
before you go to work. He could have a breastfeed when you get back from work. And in the middle of the day, you could express some milk and he might take that from a sippy cup like he takes his water. So a typical pattern for a 10-month-old, which will carry him through to about 14 months old, is that he wakes up in the morning, has a feed, a breastfeed, then has some breakfast. He's awake for about three to three and a half hours. He'll take a morning sleep. Then he'll have some snack. Then about an hour, an hour and a half later, he'll have lunch. And just before he goes down for his afternoon sleep, he would normally have a breastfeed. But I think whoever's caring for him could give him a little drink of breast milk from his sippy cup. And then he'll have an afternoon sleep. He'll have dinner. And then um, by the time you go down at night, he'll have a breastfeed. For those two days or three days that you're back at work, he could easily take that breast milk from a cup and the other days when you're not at work it's just replaced by the breastfeed so I think reduce your breastfeeds in the day now down to four and then that'll make it a much easier transition through at 10 months I at 10 months I wouldn't try and give him a bottle I'd put it in a cup and get him to drink from a cup because they're usually really good at a straw cup or a sippy cup by then All right. Well, um, that's all we have time for on this episode of Helpline on Fee Play Love. Um, If you want to ask Chris any of your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Or if you'd like to join us live on Facebook, you can ask your questions next week on Monday at 11.30 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Daylight Time, (laughs) Daylight Savings Time, sorry. Um, Chris, thank you for your time. Well, it's a pleasure. And thanks for all your questions. See you next week.